You're listening to 88.9 Impact 89 FM's Horsepower My, with uh, Cameron Bills is out today, unfortunately, so Colin Jackson will be filling in for him from the host chair. Alongside me is Isaac Constance. Isaac, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Wish the Pistons were doing better. How about you, Colin? I'm doing pretty good. You know what? It's finals week here at fabulous Michigan State University, and... Personally, I am not ready. That's the only wish I have right now. No, no I don't think anybody is. I, I had a 12-page paper to write today, and I had I had two final exams this week that I also have finals in those same classes next week. I'm not sure about the logic, but okay. They're professors. I'm not. But. Speaking of finals, too, only nine games, 19 games into the season, excuse me, the finals look like a place the Pistons will not be attending this year. Uh, they are off to their worst start in franchise history, and most recently they got outscored 90, uh, 109 to 102 in overtime in the loss to the Boston Celtics. Uh, you were watching this game, am I correct? What did you see from the Pistons? Well, I thought, you know, it's nice to see Drummond do well, especially against another young center like Kelly Olynyk and Jared Sollinger on the opposite end. He had 27 points, 14 rebounds. He also had the last second dr- block on Jeff Green when he drove to the basket, gone af- off the backboard alley-oop uh, thrown by Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So it's nice seeing that swagger. So there were definitely positives. But could somebody explain to me how you let in 21 points in overtime? That's amazing. Like, it's just incredulous to me. Uh, what I want someone to explain to me is how did Brandon Jennings stay in the game for 39 minutes? The man... Uh, scored, he went 0 for 11 from the field goal arc, uh, 0 for 6 from 3 point, and the 1 point obviously came from a free throw. That is incredulous to me, especially when you have uh, DJ Augustine sitting on the bench. DJ Augustine didn't have that much better of a night, only going 0 for 6. His only point, once again, came from a free throw. That's not what I wanted to see, but like I said, the Andre Drummond, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, chemistry growing, I like that, especially with the team's younger players. It's a good dynamic to see I would just rather have seen it in a win. Well, what I've also noticed in these past few games is it seems like teams are letting us go, letting the Pistons go inside much more easily. Greg Monroe also, 29 points, 11 of 11 from the free throw line. It seems like teams are focusing more on players like Brandon Jennings, DJ Augustine, who did have some success earlier in the year. It's not common that you see teams sort of revert to letting teams go inside. But that seems to be the strategy because Drummond and uh, Monroe have, had been, have been having decent games. But gosh, Jennings as of recently has been just killing the Pistons. Exactly. It's so terrible, too. Just because we've seen him duke it out, the battle of the point guards uh, against the Wizards, we've seen what he could be. And that's just not what he is at this point. And I keep going back and forth personally on him. I think, oh, well, we should have kept Brandon Knight. Then I say, well, we should have kept Brandon Knight, but Jennings is starting to uh, grow into his own player. And then he just goes and has a terrible game like this. And normally uh, you blame the usual suspects, right? You blame bad three-point shooting, which probably is tied to Josh Smith. And Josh Smith's shooting wasn't that great, 4 for 15, but he didn't even attempt a three this game. Uh, and he only played for 28 minutes. So, personally, I'm not too mad at Josh Smith at this one. I I don't want to put this on anyone's back, but if I had to choose on the roster, it would be Brandon Jennings. Same here. Uh, 
you know, I think we could harp on the Pistons all day for that loss. So let's move on to another one, another loss, but we'll still hit on them a little bit. 106 to 96 to the Lakers. Lakers had pretty even scoring this game. Kobe only took 11 shots. I think he only got 12 points. Did you see anything in this game that you thought was interesting? Or See, what really got me about this game is the fact that the Pistons were in it all through the first half. They played, they kept up with the Lakers. Uh, I thought the Pistons, honestly, going into this game, I thought the Pistons were going to win. The Lakers aren't doing much better. They're only 5 for 13. Uh, the Lakers were on the road, too, so they were 3 or 5 on the road. Uh, Pistons, unfortunately, 2 and 8 at home. But I just didn't see... I mean, the Pistons strategy, I guess, has here, uh, what worked against the Knicks, at least, was put the ball away from the star. Don't let Kobe take these shots. Don't let Kobe make these shots. So that's what they did. Uh, it worked against the Knicks when they made Carmelo not take the shots. They pushed it off to the bench. Um, Nick Young, uh, he got ni- Nick Young got 19 points this game. That's something I saw. I want to see that production coming from the bench, but at the same time, we saw Jordan Hill stepping up, too. Uh, meanwhile, I don't know, Andre Drummond didn't really answer with the battle of the centers, 25 minutes and only scoring eight points of this game. No, he did not. And I have to say, what's really disappointing to me is I talked about teams letting the Pistons go inside a little bit, you know, unconventional strategy. Well, the Pistons sure didn't do that against the Lakers because they shot 60 or almost 60% from beyond the arc. When a team does that, you're going to lose nine times out of ten. And if Kobe, the problem I have is the Black Mamba, he scores 12 points and the Lakers still win. I mean, if somebody's going to beat you on the Lakers, it really should be Kobe. Or, you know, Swaggy P's just having one of those games where he can't miss. Fine. But Jordan Hill should not be the leading scorer. I mean, you know. And again, Josh Smith, you know, he was... Not doing the smartest stuff earlier in the year. 7 of 17, pretty bad percentage. But 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 three-point attempt. As long as he's not shooting threes, I really can't complain about Smith's performance if he's hustling, you know? No, and that, I don't know, if you're a Pistons fan, you're probably not too happy about this either because Josh Smith is normally the scapegoat for the organization, whether it's deserved or not. Uh, there's been claims he's shot teams out of the games before uh, certain players of uh, from Phoenix made that play, made that uh, accusation. But you can't really make that about this game, as you said. And then just your starters need to step up more than what they have. Uh, the L.A. starters, all five of them were in double-digit scoring. Pistons, we only saw, uh, the Pistons only saw double-digit scoring in this game from Josh Smith scoring the 18 points and Brandon Jennings scoring 10. And Brandon Jennings went two for 10. The other six points came from free throw attempts. And I'm happy Pistons free throw is better. Their shooting is better, uh, shooting 77%. Not what it could be, but it's way better than what it was earlier this season. But you need to win these types of games. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I don't like to question new coaches because they really don't have much time to work with the team and, it's a hard job. You gotta put some uh a lot of things in progress. You gotta get the team on the same page. And I do have faith in Van Gundy. He did it with Orlando. I think one of the big reasons he was brought to Detroit is because talented big men like Andre Drummond, 
the Pistons see a future in him. But, I mean, look at the way Kyle Singler's been starting. I mean, I just don't understand that, especially when Karan Butler had played well in uh, two straight games against the Celtics and the Lakers. I like Singler, but Butler's the better defensive player, and if he's playing better offensively, give him the playing time. Don't give it to Singler. And then just DJ, DJ Augustine's inconsistent playing time. There needs to start. A flow needs to develop for this team. They need to mesh or else. I mean, folks, this could be the rest of the season we're looking at. Exactly. And unfortunately, this is what it looks like. Uh, obviously, there's still a little bit of ways to go before even the All-Star break. But things are not looking too hot so far. Keep going with the Pistons' uh, poor performance over a day a week. Uh, it's a whole week if you're in my house, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if you look at the Pistons' performance against Golden State, they were they lost 104-93. to Despite, uh, they kept it up in the fourth quarter. Uh, they tied. They didn't get outscored. But Golden State just kind of owned this game, if you ask me, from my opinion. Uh, you saw people step up. Uh, Brandon Jennings and KCP stepped up, 22 and 23 points respectively. That's great from your young players. But you cannot get, you cannot let Steph Curry drop 16 on you. You cannot let Klay Thompson drop 15 on you. You can't let Draymond Green. I love a Spartan, but you cannot, when he's playing the Pistons, you cannot let him drop 20 on you. That's just not how you win a game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I do have to give a shout out to Draymond. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's actually earned himself a starting role for the Warriors since David Lee's injury. And He's really stepped up in it. I just picked him up in my fantasy team. And I've got to say, there's a lot of options in fantasy basketball. Says something when you pick somebody up off a free agency. There you go. If you're in the words of my own fantasy basketball commission, uh, Jason, there are some gems down there on draft day. (laughs) Unfortunately, Miley's a little bit small, so there's gems at the top, always, everywhere. And a gem that my friend's trying to pawn off on me. And I hate, I drafted him last year. He did a great job for me. I hate using this word, being pawned off, but Andre Drummond, uh, once again, just not doing what he should be doing, uh, shooting one for eight uh, this game, only scoring two points. That's How do you go from double-double status to just scoring two points in a game? It's such inconsistent play. And consistency is the biggest problem for Detroit for me. Uh, People are going to score. People in Detroit are going to have good games. It's just a matter of everyone in Detroit having a good game at once. And I have not seen that seen that yet this season. It's bewildering to me. It really is. I mean, just the inconsistent play. And there's a reliance on what the team, I think, considers stars in Brandon Jennings and Josh Smith. And they're really not stars. The only way that this team's going to do something is if it can – Get a nice balance between the bench and the starters, the role players, and the so-called stars. Because, let's face it, I mean, when you're scoring two points and seven rebounds, two blocks, I mean, your job is to rebound and to block. And you didn't even do that too well. I mean, it's not like the Warriors have the best inside presence. To his credit, he held Bogut to six points. But, I mean, Bogut's no scorer anyway. And... I just, I don't know, this was an abysmal game by the Pistons, to no surprise. They did shoot 
48% from beyond the arc, which I think you have to give them credit for. Again, Josh Smith only attempted one three, had 12 assists and one turnover. How about that ratio? Put him at point guard. See, and there you go. There's so many people talking about Josh Smith needs to go. The Pistons need the money. I don't think so just because Josh Smith isn't the problem this year. Consistency is the problem. And I'd hate to say it, but the most consistent person on the Pistons roster right now, if you ask me, is Greg Monroe. And Greg Monroe hasn't even been starting a lot of these games. Uh, He sat against the Warriors. Uh, He sat against Boston. He sat against the Lakers. But uh, other than like the free game he had against Boston where he scored the 29 points and went 11 for 11 from the free throw line, he's been he's been getting an average amount of rebounds, uh, 10 rebounds a game against uh, Golden State and against LA. And he's gotten around a 10 or like 10 to 15 points uh, from the game from these games too. And that's something I like all season. Greg Monroe, he's in a contract year, so and he didn't have the best luck with being a restricted free agent last summer. So that could be an extra incentive for him to play harder. But why isn't everyone else playing harder? And he could still step it up. There's always room for improvement. But when Greg Monroe is the most consistent player on your team, you're probably not winning, and they haven't been winning. Yeah. Well, then we go to Milwaukee, maybe the most egregious loss of the past week. 104-88. to Drummond. Gosh, I mean, he would—he must have been close to setting a Pistons record for rebounds. Or, wait, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. 20 rebounds, though, still very solid. 26 points. But what I saw here was just the bench for Milwaukee going off. I mean, Milwaukee is not a team you look at and think, watch out for their bench. They are a deep team. But you look at Ersan Il- Ilyasova, 22 points. He is a good player, but there's no way Jared Dudley should be picking up 16. No way Middleton should be picking up 12. I mean, listen to this stat. All of the bench players that played outscored. Every single bench player that played for Milwaukee outscored the starters. That, I've never heard of that. And you know what? I mean, I guess it's a recipe for success. Exactly, and... uh... I'm sorry, Cameron. He's. I wish he was here to say Giannis Attentacumpo because I know how much he loves to say that. But we talk about how strong the Milwaukee Bucks, like it's a young lineup, but it's a strong lineup. You get Jabari Parker, you get Larry Sanders, Brandon Knight. Oh, I wonder where that name comes from. Uh, OJ Mayo, Giannis Attentacumpo, Attentacumpo, excuse me, the Greek freak. And these guys weren't performing. The bench players were performing. Like you already said it. You should not be getting Jared Dudley to score 16 points on you. Granted, I was just saying a little bit earlier, I would rather have the bench players scoring you than the starters. But I'm not saying I want all the bench players to score on you. That's just not right. And this is, again, a consistency issue for me. Andre Drummond played hard, played his heart out. Uh, 20 rebounds, 26 points. I'm happy with that double-double. Josh Smith... Not shooting threes, Greg Monroe, not shooting threes. Josh Smith, uh, six six for 15. I can accept that, 13 points. Uh, this is just, this should be a winnable game for Detroit, if you ask me. And I'm really disappointed that they could not win at home against Milwaukee. I am too. I mean, Milwaukee is one of those teams along with maybe the 76ers, Timberwolves, and maybe this year, unfortunately, the Pistons who you look at and, you know, you never want to underestimate an opponent, but you expect to win those games. 
I mean, the Magic threw them on that list too. But, I mean, the Pistons just didn't. They didn't execute. You had really two guys step up. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope also, 21 points. 7 of 19 shooting, but played pretty good defense. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he's a gunner anyway. He's, he's going to get his shots up. But I got to say, I mean, I was disappointed not to see the Brandon Jennings-Brandon Knight debate take place. Jennings missed the game, of course, because of a sprained left thumb. But, you know, there was nobody really to fill his spot. Augustine had six assists, but 10 points, one of seven shooting. I mean, these guys are NBA players. You just can't get by with that poor of shooting. Mm-mm. And even the veterans brought in, they didn't do too well. Uh, Karan Butler, 0 for 3, 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. Uh, no points scored that game, unsurprisingly with those stats. This just, it's abysmal. Kyle Singler, I like Kyle Singler. He did a decent job. Spencer Dinwiddie, the other uh, young person, our fantastic coach, Stan Van. That is not a dig at Stan Van either, by any chance. I do respect his long career. And... He's a new in a, or he's new to Detroit. He's still figuring everything out. Spencer Dinwiddie, his guy. He wanted him from the beginning. He got him. Uh, only put up two points. Spencer Dinwiddie's numbers this season have not been fantastic. I mean, I understand he, there still could be some issues with his leg injury. Uh, that's valid. But, and he has been playing in a lot of games. Perhaps that's why. But I'm still expecting him to do something better. For the Pistons' only draft pick of two of 2014, you know I am too, and I'm actually on the Pistons stat sheet right now, and it's just terrible looking at these field goal percentages. The Pistons, guess who the one person shooting over 50 percent is? Go ahead and take a guess. I'm gonna say Greg Monroe. It's Joel Anthony, who Ooh. plays, who's got 0.4 attempts a game. I mean, you know. That just can't happen. You've got Brandon Jennings shooting 39%. Drummond shooting 46%. That's somebody who should be shooting 60%. I mean, all of his attempts are at the rim. His field goal percentage should be better than his free throw percentage. I mean, and unfortunately, that just has not happened. Well, actually, that has happened because his free throw percentage is so bad. But, I mean... You know, you just got to start shooting. Shooting's one of those things that it's easy to fix. You get on a hot streak, but, I mean, you got to fix it. I don't know how because, like I said, I think teams are letting Detroit in a little bit more and are confident with their one-on-one matchups down low as long as Detroit doesn't get them from beyond the arc and get out on the fast break, which I think is it's working against Detroit. So Stan Van really needs to put his brains together with some of his assistant coaches and come up with a formula for success. Really, though, and that needs to happen very soon if the Pistons are going to have any hope in an offseason, any hope in increasing fan attendance at these games. This has been a huge problem with the Palace. Uh, If you go into Pistons game and you gave them your phone number or anything like that, you've probably noticed that they're trying trying really hard to reach out to these fans, get people at these games. You know how you bring people to these games? Uh, You win. That's plain and simple. I love Detroit fans. I think Lions fans are some in red hot. Shoot, I guess I'm not as big of a Detroit fan as I thought. Red Wings fans uh, are some of the most loyal fans of the game. But 
as far as Pistons fans go, we were just commenting. They're kind of fair-weather fans, and they're not willing to show up just to see their team lose, and I can't blame them. So if you want increased attendance, if you want to have all this fresh start, all this stuff, get it together, get consistent, start winning. Well, kudos to the Pistons, I guess, public relations teams. I mean, they make me want to go to the games, but I'm in the East Lansing. They, But, I mean, for those fans that can go, I, I do encourage you all to go out and support the team if you have the time. The team, it, it helps having fans in the stands. I mean, it's discouraging when you go out, play, and the stands are empty. However, as a team, you need to earn that too. I mean, it needs to be a give-and-take relationship. And right now, I mean, the fans aren't giving the Pistons much, but they're giving the Pistons more than the Pistons are giving back. And that is most definitely true. Continue with the Pistons. Uh, one Piston that may be leaving instead of giving back, uh, Greg Monroe. And Greg Moreau, uh, obviously he's in a contract year, 6'11", 250 pounds. He can do a lot for a lot of teams in the NBA. Didn't really get a lot of uh, access last season. Do you think Greg Moreau could be coming back to Detroit again next season or no? You know, I think he's gone. I mean, the Pistons could do something really desperate and offer him a contract offer that nobody's willing to match. And if so, that's the only way I see him coming back because – you know, it was assumed when he accepted that restricted, uh, that qualifying offer that the Pistons set forth that, you know, it would be his last year. However, it's not like he's had much better of a season than last year. And last year, he did not get any offers that he liked. So we'll see. I mean, if the Pistons are the best offer on the table, you might take it. There are also, as the NBA is getting faster and faster, there are less and less teams looking for a player like Greg Monroe, you know, a pure, just kind of an old-time big man. So we'll see where he fits in. We'll see if he gets any offers. But I think, actually, as the seasons progress, he's more and more likely to come back. And I think that's what the bottom line is. I don't know if he wants to be in Detroit, but, I mean, I think one of the reactions when he was getting accusations of, how come you turned down all this money, blah, 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 on the internet attacks, so forth, so forth. His reaction was, I can't turn down a contract they haven't offered me. So he's not getting these offers. Uh, he's entertained the idea of playing for other places. I think the most recent is Boston playing with one of his old teammates. But we'll see what happens with this. The Pistons as a whole need to kick the guns on. I don't know if that's a phrase, but it is now. <laughs> the Pistons need to turn it up. If they're going to have, or if Great Monroe alone is going to have any type of marketability in this season, otherwise he's not getting contract anywhere else. Much better than Detroit is offering him, and I truly believe that. I I totally agree. And the other Pistons true big man, I say that because Josh Smith really a combo forward, but Andre Drummond, you know, is he good for Detroit? I think most people would say yes, but just the Pistons amount of youth that they're building with Drummond. I mean, does that work? Is that sustainable? Is that going to get the Pistons anywhere? I don't know. We've thought about this. Uh, The Pistons, they need youth as their future, right? They're a young team. For a while, Josh Smith, I believe, was their oldest player, and he's still in his 20s. So there's there's a slight lack of maturity there, if you ask me. And I guess that's part of why the scoring hasn't been what it was. And perhaps that's what motivated Joe Dumars, the old GM, 
and Pistons legend uh, to trade for Brandon Jennings versus Brandon Knight because maybe he thought Brandon Knight was a little too young. Brandon Knight, some more, uh, Brandon Jennings, excuse me, is a little more experienced of a player, so he thought he had more to offer Detroit. Uh, that didn't happen. I'm not saying go completely old. I'm not saying like go for someone Kobe's age, maybe. Not that Kobe would want to come to Detroit, but I mean, Black Mamba in a Pistons jersey in Motor City, that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. I could see him in but, one of the Motor City jerseys, especially. Kobe would rock that. Uh, that would bring fans go. out. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But when you're, when you're three 21 year olds, uh, Greg Monroe, DJ Augustine, and Spencer Dinwiddie are the future of your team as is. Greg Monroe is not, much, not far, that farther ahead of them. Uh, neither is Brandon Jennings or Josh Smith. But these guys aren't playing what they should be playing. Yeah, they have a lot of youth ahead of them, but you need to think of what will keep them playing for Detroit. What makes them want to come back? Drummond is adored by the city, yes, but things change. You can be adored by the city and still want to leave, and it's a pity, but it's how it is. Yeah, eventually you just got to start winning games, and you know it's time for the Pistons to choose a clear direction. You're going to need to bring in... A winner, I think that's especially important in the Eastern Conference where anybody can make the playoffs. And once you get one guy, all the stones can fall into place because I don't know about you, Colin, but I'd sure rather the Pistons get a good guy and be in a 7-8 seed role for a while than take the Philadelphia 76ers route. Almost definitely. I, I hate tanking. I absolutely hate tanking. I don't know if Philadelphia's doing it on purpose this at this point or if they're just not a good team but no matter what it is just win it's not that hard i'm sick of people saying how terrible the eastern conference is but i can't say anything back because the eastern conference is terrible and i guess competition's up a little bit toronto's leading and if you asked me three months ago who will be leading eastern conference this far into the season at the end of november early beginning of december i would have probably said cleveland just with all the talent they have there. But Toronto, big ups to you for stepping up. A Washington stepping up. I mean, the leaderboard, everyone but Brooklyn is at least 500. So that's something to look forward to, but win. Yeah. Just, well, that's it. Speaking of the Sixers, how many wins do you think they'll get this year? I mean, they won their first one just a night ago against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So... Is this a start of something special? Are they going to go undefeated? they go run the table? I don't know. I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't doing too high either. Uh, they're rocking that nice 4-13 and record, which is just one win above the fabulous second-to-last Detroit Pistons, my beloved Pistons. And so, I I mean, they looked, Philadelphia looked good against Minnesota. I'm not wrong, but there's a lot to go. And they have a lot of work to do. I'm predicting over five wins, but probably not ten, to be honest with you. Amazing. I And, you know, you can't really disagree with that either. So, big news in the NBA. KD returned against the New Orleans Pelicans. 27 points in 30 minutes. We'll be looking forward to seeing him, or not so much, but we will be seeing him next week. And... Real quick, I want to get some midseason awards going. Real quick, Colin, just give me your best team, most improved player, and your uh, MVP thus far. Okay, I'm going to say best team right now. I got to say Golden State. 
just because I like what they're doing. Uh, they win quietly, if you ask me. They're not that team with a lot of flash. You don't hear them on the news on ESPN every day like Miami or one of those other teams, big market teams. But Golden State's a great team. Uh, got a shout-out to Draymond Green. Beat us or beat the Pistons, but I can't get mad at a Michigan State alum so or Michigan State uh, player. And most improved team, I got to say Cleveland. They're figuring it out. They're on a, they're on a 4-0 run right now. Uh, they're getting better. They're middle of the pack right now in the East, but they're moving up. And MVP, I really couldn't say at this point, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to be boring and copy you on the best team. I I just don't think there's anybody else you can give it to. The Warriors are playing fantastic basketball. I guess you could consider the Wizards and Raptors, but I take the Wizards over the Raptors, and I take the Warriors over the Wizards. I think in terms of most improved team, I'm going to have to go with Toronto, actually. I know they have they were good last year, but they're really meshing together this year. I mean, Kyle Lowry, I mean, he wasn't just playing for a contract. That man is committed to the city. He's playing his heart out. Most improved player, I, I'm going to give it to Draymond right now. But And then MVP, I give it to my New Orleans homeboy, Anthony Davis. His stats, check them out. His player efficiency rating is around 34, 35, which is historic. The only one higher right now is Russell Westbrook, who's played four games. He's not going to keep it up. Anthony Davis is above Wilt Chamberlain's mark. And from what I can tell you, he's got a legitimate chance of keeping it up. So that guy is the future. I think he'll even surpass KD one day. I said it. All right. Well, you heard it here first on MSU Impact Sports, brought to you by WDBM East Lansing. Uh, Bull predictions fear the unibrow in New Orleans. (laughs) I know I personally do. Uh, That's another great team, great program right there. Pistons, uh, real quick, before we get out of here, we're going to do win-losses. Philadelphia. This pains me to say I'm going to say loss. And I I just have a feeling. I mean, Philadelphia won their first game. They've got MCW back. They did do a lot of their losing without MCW. I think, I mean, the Pistons are falling apart. And a win for the 76ers is a big deal. That's momentum. I'm giving it to the 76ers. I mean, who else did the 26ers choose to break the win streak last year? But the fabulous Detroit Pistons. So I'm going to go. I'm going to copy you there. OKC. The Pistons squeaked out a victory in OKC earlier this season. But that was a team without Kevin Durant and the rest of the stars. What do you see happen? Again, I take the other team. Oklahoma City. Durant looked great in his first game. As I mentioned, Russell Westbrook. That was an odd way of pronouncing his name. But he's putting up outstanding numbers. 35 PR, just a few games in. But 23 points per game, getting his assist. No, I mean, let's be real. OKC runs away with this one. All right, last one. Portland. Portland, I also think, is, I wouldn't call them the most improved team, but I was thinking about it. I want to say they're 14-4, and four, and they are just tearing it up. 
every single category. First in rebounds, seventh in points, sixth in assists, eighth in defense. You think they're a legit contender? Because I certainly do. Oh, most definitely I see Portland as a legit contender. They're rocking number three spot in the West right now. Uh, sweet 14-4 record. I I mean, the West is just so much better, honestly, if you ask me. I Any of these teams are contenders to me. I don't think Phoenix is a contender. I'll take that back. Um, that's just because Phoenix, I've seen them play this season. They've been doing a good job, but I think these are still games that they haven't impressed me yet, to be honest. So I think the Clippers, the Clippers should be doing better. San Antonio, San Antonio can always win, if you ask me. I don't care if they're 20 games into the season, they're in last place. I think San Antonio can make a run for it, personally. I always have confidence in them. Portland, they're definitely top of the pack right now, contender for me, If uh, aside from Golden State, like I said, and um, aside from Golden State and Memphis, but... Personally, based on completely ignoring the facts, just because it's about time, I'm going to say Pistons squeak out a win against Portland. Wow. I, I'm going bold here. I hope they do. And you you heard that here first. If, I mean, hey, if he puts, I don't know what he's thinking, but it, he could, yeah. I mean, that's a good chance to impress some ESPN recruiters out there, Colin. So I'm, ho- I'm rooting for you. That's what I'm saying. Got to ignore the facts sometimes, play with the heart, play with the soul, and just win. Anyways, you've been listening to the Horsepower Podcast right here on Impact Sport, MSU Impact Sports. You can catch us online, impact89fm.org slash sports, where you already have because you're listening to us. So thank you for that. Brought to you by WDBM, part of Michigan State Student Radio. I am Colin Jackson. And I'm Isaac Constance, LOL. Love our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Good night.